Yeah, they don't have a tiny you know, little kid. Yeah. Good evening tonight. We're learning Masecha Shkalem Daf Tes Zion, a beautiful blada Gadata about the um, about the Aron and about the Shemen Hamishcha, which was used to anoint kings and kalim. Uh, we'll learn a little bit about that. And then Can you bring the mic closer? It's hard to hear you. About some of the measurements of the Aron. Can't move the microphone any closer, actually. If we'll just turn up the volume. So um, we are right now about three-fourths of the way down on Tesvav and Medbez at the two dots. Yesterday, we learned two different brysos about people who noticed that the floor um, in the Lishka Sadir, where the wood was kept, that the floor looked a little bit different. And because the floor had looked a little bit different, they went to go tell the hey, maybe this is where the arm was hidden, and they both dropped it. So the Gemara tells another story at the two dots, Tesvav and Medbez, most of the way down at the two dots. Tani, Reb Hoshia, Kikish Aleha Bekornas. Reb Hoshia tapped on the uh, tiles with some type of hammer, the Yotav Esh Visarafto, and a fire came out from beneath the tiles and burned him. Uh, not good, uh, not, not to be messed around with. Uh, continues the Gemara, Tani, Reb Yehuda, um, Reb Yehuda ben Lakish Amar, Beis Aronos Hayu, Mehalchen in Yisrael Bemidbar. There were two different Aronos. Um, one of them had the Torah inside of it. That's where one of the uh, one of the Aronos. The other, the other one, the other one had in it the broken luchos, the luchos rishonos. That one didn't get transported around. It stayed in the Ohamoid. It stayed in the Ohamoid. See, this is the pasuk that writes. That one didn't move around. And that's the one that they would travel with. The Gra removes the next four words, um, you know, for uh, conceptual reasons. It's very hard to understand what it's actually talking about because we just said it's traveling with them. The Gemara then shows a dissenting opinion. We just learned that there were two different Aronos, one with a Sefer Torah and one uh, with, shivrei, with the Shivrei uh, Luchos. Then says the Gemara, there was only one. There was only one. And at that time, it was, uh, it was taken away during a battle and during the times of Aden. The Nishba was captured. And then, basically, the, the equivalent of Tanya Kavase, the person X, that we bring Bryce's to support, here it's slightly different. Karya, we have Psukim, Messiah, the Rabbanan. The Rabbanan were of the opinion that there was only one Aron. And here is a Pasuk that supports them, a, a textual proof from the scriptures. They were fighting with the Plishtim. The Plishtim fought with the Jews all the time. What was the surprise? What did they see of to say Miyatsi Len who would save us? It says the Gemara, Mila Delo Khamun. It must have been something that they had never seen, and in all of their days. What must that have been? The Aron, implying that there was only one Aron. So that Pasuk supports the Rabban. And five lines from the bottom, Tesvav Mudbez, the Pasuk, uh, another Pasuk now switches to the other Shita. This last Pasuk supported the Rabban who said there was one Aron. Now we're going to see the Shita, a Pasuk that supports the Shita of the Tanakam, of the first Shita, that there were really two Aronos. Uh, what's uh, it's Karya Messiah, the Reb Yudah Ben Lakish? What's the pasuk that supports him? But Yomer Shal Achia Hagisha Aron Elokim. Present to me the Aron Elokim. But at that time, Vehalo Aron Bekiriyasi Arim Haya. We know from earlier Psukim by Shaul that that's not where it was. So Vaharai, there must have been two Aronos: one that was sit and fix, sitting and fixed in Kiriyasi Arim, and the other that was traveling with them. Says the Gemara, that's such a good question that brings you a clear proof that there were two Aronos. If that's true, Ma'avdun le'Rabanan. What does the other sheet to do with that? As we would have said in the Bavli, the Rabanan, 
We would have asked a little bit more simplistically, but here in the Yerushalmi, uh, uniquely, because usually the Yerushalmi is more terse and more curt, but here the Yerushalmi gives a little bit more language, which says, Ma'avdun le Rabbanan, the Rabbanan who hold that there was only one Aaron. What do you do about this Pasuk that seems clear as day that there was two? It says the Gemara, Hagishu Eli Hatzitz. He wasn't asking for the Aaron. There was only one Aaron, and it was in Kiryas Yarim. He was asking for the Tzitz, which was a begged Kohen Gadol, because it had a power to it, and he wanted that power. Quite very good. Two lines from the bottom, another pasuk to support the shita that there were two aronos, Karya Messiah, the Revuda Ben Lakish. We know, of course, that Barilai is not correct because a line above or two lines above it said that it was Revuda Ben Lakish. So Revuda Ben Lakish, what, what is the proof now that we have here that there were two aronos? It says, Ha'aron v'Yisrael v'Yehuda Yoshvin Besukos. It says that the Aaron and the Jewish people in Yehuda, they were sitting Besukos. So says the Gemara, top of Tezayin Maralev, Ve'alo Aron B'Tzion Haya. At that time, the Aron was in Yerushalayim. It can't be in two locations at once. Ve'haraya, there must be two Aronos. So says the Gemara, Ma'av Din Le'Rabbanan. Same as before. You just showed me that there were not, that there were two Aronos. If there's two Aronos, so then how can it be that the Rabbanan are going to say that there's one? So says the Gemara, Schach Shehu Kikirui Shadayin Lo Nivne Beis No. It wasn't saying that it was with them at Bisukos. If you look at the very last line of Tesvavim at Beis in the Gemara, it says that they were Basukos. It doesn't mean that they were in the city of Sukos. It was literally sitting in a sukkah. It was literally the Aron was sitting in a temporary hut because the Beis Hamikdash hadn't been rebuilt. And yes, there was only one Aron. That is how the Rabbanon would get out of this. When the Aron was hidden, and we'll see that it was hidden strategically and intentionally, there were other things that were hidden alongside it. Says the Gemara, Nignazimo Tansenes Haman. There was a container that uh, that had the man in it. Mirza Hashem will get to see what that is. That's an amazing thing. We know that it was that it tasted the Tamo Ketapichis Midvash. We'll get to see what that really was. That's an unbelievable thing. Says the Gemara, Vetsluchit Shemen Hamishcha. We're going to be spending a lot of the day discussing the Shemen Hamishcha, which was the oil that was used to anoint kings in Kohanim Gedolim. Uh, we'll see the parameters of anointing kings in Kohanim Gedolim location. How many generations of each one are you supposed to anoint? Bechulei. Um, and we'll also see potentially, we'll see the miraculous nature of the Shemana Mishra and that it never, it never got ruined. It never went anywhere. Uh, that we'll see a sheet in the Gemara as well. And as well, Makelo Shel Aaron and Prachalu Shkedav, the, uh, the staff of Aaron that had flowers and that had Shkedim almonds. And also the Argat Sheshivu Plishtim Ashain, Leloke Israel, after a battle, when they took something, from, when they took the Aaron, they gave back a, a special Argaz that had gold in it, a lot of gold uh, gifts in it, Bechule. And all of those things were hidden away. Me, Gunzo. Who is the one who actually hid it? The answer is Yoshiyahu Ginazo. This is a very important line for historical reasons, for sure. But also in the flow of the Gemara, we're going to see that this is going to be the point of a question that Yoshio is the one who hid it. Because if Yoshio is the one who hid it, how then could he be anointed with it as king? We'll see that that's going to be a problem later in the Gemara. Just a little foreshadowing. Why did Yoshio hide it? Because six lines down, Tezayin and Madalaf, the Gemara says that once he saw the Pasuk says, you're going to be put with a nation that you don't know, you and your fathers. At that time, it's effectively what we would call in today's parlance. He saw the writing on the wall. He saw things were going to be bad. Ahmad Vigonzo at that point is like, we have to hide the Aron, we have to keep it safe. This is what the Pasuk means when it says, You need to go hide this in the house that Shlomo built. Uh, that Shlomo, the son of David, that he built. You're not going to be carrying the Aron anymore. 
obviously we, we know that the arm was never carried. It always did its own thing. And in fact, people who tried to carry the arm were punished by death. That doesn't mean literally. It just means the avod of the levim to stand there alts kavod for the arm. That would not apply anymore. And what did uh, Yahoo say? If, it, if this goes out to Bava, we're never going to get it back. What you should do is you're going to leave it here and then you'll serve a Kodesh Baruch without the Aram. This brings us to the two dots about a fifth of the way down on Tezayin and Aleph. And now we're going to jump into the Pitum Shemen Hamishcha. The Shemen Hamishcha was that special oil that was used for anointing. The Pesukim are very detailed. The Kidach is a lot of four different uh, types of, of herbs and their roots. Um, the, in the cooking process, it, it seemed to be that there was quite a bit to cook. And they cooked it inside 12 lugin of oil. Shemen Zayis, Hin Shnei Lug, Shebo Shulkin, as Haikar and David Ramey. Ramey said that they would take all of these things that are quoted in the Pasuk, all the roots, and they would put it inside the uh, the Shnei Masar Lug. They actually did not do it in oil. They did it in water. Afterwards, they put the oil near this mixture, and the oil would absorb the flavor of that mixture. And once the oil absorbed, uh, absorbed excuse me, the, the smell, the, the, the uh, smell that they wanted to get from it uh, in order to have it smell properly, because it had to have a certain smell, and then they would remove it just like that was the same way they made perfumes back in the day, is that they put the oils near something that had a good smell. And that's how the oils would pick up the smell, but not dafka that they cooked it that way. And he learns this from Pasuk of Shem Mishchas Kodesh Vigomer. However, this is not how everybody sees that the uh, that the the shemen hamishcha was made. And now we're all, about a quarter of the way down. Tani Rabbi Yehuda Bay Rabbi Eloi shemen hamishcha shas Moshe v'midbar meisen nisim natsebo mitzila va'adso. You stop being so practical. This whole thing was a miracle. What you're worried that it wasn't enough liquid? Yeah, none of this makes any sense. The shemen hamishcha lasts forever, and the Gemara gives us a guarantee that we'll have it by bias shlishi. So it's a very helpful to note because it's in it's in the box with the near the Aron. It's not in the box of the Aron, as we'll see. There was no room for that. We'll see later today. Machlokas Babli Yerushalmi between Maseches Shkalim and Maseches Babakama about what actually fits inside the measurements of the uh, the Aron. We'll see a Machlokas there. Shemitchila says the Gemara third of the way down. There only were the twelve lug of, of oil. We saw that already. And if you're saying that that oil was a sufficient amount to last forever, and even for the cooking process, says the Gemara, even for the ikaran, says the Gemara. There wasn't even enough for that. Even more so, when there's heat, so some of it will, will, uh, will just dehydrate, some of it will absorb. The wood that's there will absorb. There'll be a little bit that will get absorbed in the pot. Not only that, but when you forget about making it, once it's made already, you have to anoint things and people. You're going to anoint the mishkan, all of its utensils. It's impossible. It's impossible. This whole thing had to be a nace, because otherwise you're you're stuck. Otherwise, there, there's no way that this liquid would ever last that that much, that many um, uh, that many uh, uses of shemen hamishka. But halfway down, says the Gemara. Let's dig into some of the halachos of who and when we do the um, the shemen hamishka, the anointing. Melech betchila ta'on when there's a king who's the first in his dynasty to get a, to become a king, then yeah, he gets the uh, 
He gets the shemen hamishcha. However, melech ben melech ain't tal mishicha if it's father and son, then not necessary. David was the first in his dynasty. He should have gotten mishicha, and he did. But his son Shlomo should not have gotten it, but he did. We'll see why in the Gemara in a little bit. Says the Gemara, my time, Only the first in the dynasty is required to get the Mashiach to become a king. But the latter, the younger, the child, the next generation, even if it's Ben Achar Ben, it doesn't make a difference. Based on the Drash and the Pasuk, he does not need that aval. In contrast to a king, where once you started the dynasty with Mashiach, then all of the children Ben Achar Ben do not need. However, when it comes to a Kohen Gadol, the rules are different. Says the Gemara, Kohen Gadol, Ben Kohen Gadol, Afilo Adas Mashiach. It doesn't make a difference. When you're Kohen Gadol to Kohen Gadol, every single Kohen Gadol is going to require Mashiach. Mido Raisa, different dinim. The Chulo, all of the Shemen HaMishcha, Kayim Lo Asid Labo, all of it will be available by the third base of Mikdash, Yemir Tzashem, Hadahu Dechziv, Shemen Mishchas Kodesh, Yezeh, Li Ledorosechem. So some of the Meforshim right here on the Korban Eder writes that the word Zeh is a gematria of 12. And that's how many lugin of Shemen there was. So that's what the Gemara says. It's Mufurish and the Pasuk, Mufurish and the Pasuk. That from the word Zeh, that we see that there's still going to be 12 lugin, the volume of liquid did not depreciate at all. Not in cost, not in size, not in volume, nothing. It stayed exactly the same. Impossible to explain al piteva according to the rules of science. None of that makes any sense. And that is the guarantee from the Pasukim. We're at the two dots, a little bit more than halfway down to Zion. But let's continue. This is a well-known pasuk that we do not do Mashiach for kings unless they are near a source of water, a flowing water. So that pasuk indicates that that's where he was, um, where that's where Shlomo was anointed as king, and it was down by the Ma'ayan, and it was specific that the Navi mentioned it that way to teach us that when a king is going to get uh, the Mashiach, it has to be done by a Ma'ayan. In Moshchan Melech ben Melech el Machlokas, the only time that we ever do the Mashiach with the Shemen Amishcha for a second generation king, or third, or fourth, or further down the line. Remember, we just said. By a coin gadol, we know every generation that every new coin gadol, even if it's ben achar ben, they need to get the mashicha. But when it comes to um, when it comes to the world of a melech, only the first king in a dynasty would need to get the mashicha, the shemen amishcha. So says the Gemara, an added layer. Yes, that's true. However, if there is machlokas as to who should be the king, and that's probably with every single cycle of kingship, because there's always people who would love to be the king. So then uh, says the Gemara in Moshchin. Uh, Melech, Ben Melech, you never need to do a second generation or further down the chain for Mashiach. So this is a well-known story. Why did Shlomo? Shlomo was uh, the second in, in, in the chain, David, and then Shlomo. So why then was there any Mashiach? After all, it should have been the case that um, it should have been the case that uh, that he was putters. It says the Gemara, the Navi there is explicit that Adoniyahu got men around him and he he tried to show that he was king, a whole big battle, and then Shlomo won. Yoash Mipnei Asal Yahu, there was a machlokas there as well. So Yoash was not a first generation king, but there had to be a Mashiach because there was a machlokas. This is the second example. Yeho Achaz Mipnei Yeho Yakim, Achiv, his brother. Shahaya Gadol Mimenu Beis Shanam Yeho Achaz. And I'm saying this out explicitly and foreshadowing what will be a question. He was not the oldest child. 
he was down the down the chain in the children uh, because his older brother was two years older and they were fighting about it. Yehu mipnei Yoram and Yehu had a machlokas with Yoram. So it says the Gemara lochein ksiv, but the pasuk says kumashcheu kizehu zeton mashicha vein malchei yisrael tunim mashicha. Why is it that any of the malchei yisrael would need mashicha? Says the Gemara based on the pasuk, it should only be that the malchei Yehuda need to get mashicha. So that's question number one. Second of all. And the word Ella is removed here. Yeho Achaz, Bibnei Yeho Yakim, Achim Shahiyah Godlam Yemenu Stay Shadim. He was he was he was younger. Below uh, below Yoshio Gunzo, and not only that, but Yoshio, who he was fighting with, Yoshio, we said at the top of the page was the one who hit the Shemana Mishcha. So how could he have done that? Answers the Gemara in both cases, both about Malche Yisrael and about this case of Yoshio. They were not using the Shemana Mishcha. Says the Gemara, Hada Amra Be'aparsimon Nimshach. When it came to Malchei Yehuda, yes, they used the Shem and Amishka. Whatever the rules were, they'd use it there too. However, what would Yoshiyahu do if he was the one who hid the Shem and Amishka? And what happened with Malchei Yisrael who were excluded from Shem and Amishka by the Pasuk? So answer is the Gemara. The answer is that they used a different type of oil. They used a parsimon, which is balsam oil, which uh, whatever it is, that was the oil that they used. It was, I guess, I guess, commemorative. It wasn't seemingly as halachically the same as it would have been by the Shemana Mishra. Nevertheless, that's the Gemara's distinction. Sikum Hadvarim is as follows. Uh, we learned that a uh, the first king in a dynasty in Malcha Yehuda requires Shemen HaMishcha, and subsequent generations of kings, even if they're Ben Acharben, only require Shemen HaMishcha if they uh, if there's a Machloket. And when it comes to Malcha Yisrael, they can use Afarsimon. The Kohanim Gedolim, after every generation, every Ben Achar Ben, they're then required to use the Shem and Hamishah. Two dots, three-fourths of the way down to Zayin Madala. Let's continue. Ein Moshchen HaMalachim Elamin HaKeren. They need to, needed to use a Keren, a certain type of cleat. Shal v'yehu nimshechu min hapach. They used a small container. Ha'isa Malchuso, Malchusan Malchuso Veres. And their kingship did not last. So it says the Gemara, the Klaut. However, in sharp contrast to uh, Shaul, whose kingship was, was torn from him, uh, David and Shlomo, their dynasty, the Davidic dynasty, is never-ending. And that's, in, I don't know if that's because of, but it certainly was near Maz. It was hinted to in the fact that they used the Karen uh, tool, uh, the Karen uh, uh, container, instead of the Pach container. And again, what does that mean? Is, that, is it the cause? Is it the correlation? That was not, not for now, but it's Kodesh Baruch who wanted them there. It wasn't because they used the Karen versus the Pach, but the Davidic dynasty remained, and in part because they used the Karen and not the Pach. It says the Gemara in Moshchen Kohanim Melachim, you cannot have a Kohen to be a Melech. This should be Dvarim Shutim. Uh, the Melech is only from uh, is only from Shevet Yehuda. <laughs> the Kohanim, by definition, are not from Shevet Yehuda. Mila Shem they're from Shevet Levi. And even within Shevet Levi, they're a group of a group among their own. So I'm a Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Yehuda. Antun Daria, Al Shem, Al Shem, based on the Pasuk, Lo Yasur, Shevet Yehuda, you might have thought that the Kohanim have a special stature. Maybe we could break the rule and say that they too can be kings, Kamashmo, that they're not allowed to. Lo Yasur, Shevet Yehuda, it can only be from one group. However, Rabchia, Amr Rabchia Barad, that's really for a different reason. Laman Yarichem, Yimal Mamlacho, the Kerb Israel, Maxi Basre, Lo Yiyeh, Lakwanim Halvin, the Parshas Shoftim, and Sefer by Midbar Parak Zayin. These psukim speak about the fact that it should be Laman Yarichim, Al Mamlacho, it should always be within Shevet Yehuda. And then the next passage says, no Kohanim and Levi. Amar of Yochanan, it says in the Gemara, who Yochanan, who Yehoachaz. These two people in history were the same exact person. I, how can that be? We said above that Yehoachaz was not the oldest child. Yet, the passage says, Abichor Yochanan. So if A equals B and B equals C, then A has to equal C. If you're telling me that Yochanan is Yehoachaz, and if you're telling me that Yehoachaz is not the firstborn, and you're also telling me that Yochanan is the firstborn, 
that doesn't work. You got to figure out what's what. So says the Gemara, you're right. He was a Bechor Lamalchus. He wasn't. Yehoachaz was not the firstborn child, but he was the firstborn as it related to becoming king. There were children who, in order, were born before him. He was not the firstborn child. Yochanan Yehoachaz, same person, same name. This was not the, the firstborn. It was just the first for that particular pur purpose. Last of the short lines, one of the last of the short lines here on Tezayin Amar Aleph says the Gemara, Amar of Yochanan, Shalom, who Zidkiyahu. Zidkiyahu and Shalom, synonymous, same people. I vaksiv, 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 oh, yes. But it says in the Pasuk that Zidkiyo was child three and Shalom was child four. So that doesn't fit. That doesn't make any sense. Answers the Gemara with a similar profile of an answer it just gave. Gimelotodos, it was the third in birth order, but Dalud the Malchus, he was the fourth to be born. There only were three children in that family, three boys. There was another person inserted from the outside as a king before him. He was the fourth for Malchus. Says the Gemara. He saw terrible things. He saw his children. Unfortunately, Nebuch, they were, they were tortured in front of him and killed in front of him. He didn't complain about it. At that time in his generation, Malchus based David, the kingship stopped at that time in history. His name, Tzidkiyo, is not really his name. We refer to him loosely like that, where it's historically not what his name was. His name was Matanya. He changed his name to Tzidkiyo, as we saw above. Amr of Yochanan, five, six lines from the bottom. Now we're going to get into a little bit of arithmetic, uh, some simple, relatively simple math about the measurements of the Aron. The Aron, we know, of course, held the Luchos and possibly a Sefer Torah, Machlokas in the Tanoim and the Amorim. Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish will be reflecting the cheetahs of Rav Yehuda and Rav Meir. We'll see Rav Meir first and then Rav Yehuda. And the Gemara is going to debate this because really the fundamental machlokas between the two approaches of Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda is how many tfachim are in an amma. Do we say that there are five tfachim in an amma or are there six? And the nafkaminas are significant. They lead to the domino effect of this machlokas is very significant because according to one shita, if you say that there's um, six tfachim in an amma, then you'll be able to fit the Sefer Torah in the Aram. And if you say that there's only five Tzvachim in an Amma, then the Sefer Torah doesn't fit. And that doesn't work with all the Pesukim. So this is a serious Machlokas. Um, and uh, even though we have the remnants of the Beis HaMikdash right now, it doesn't really help us to solve this problem. Because as we will soon see, according to some, the Mikdash might have been built with six, but the Kalim were built with a measure of five Tzvachim per Amma. So we're going get to get into this now over the next Amut or so about the measurements of the Aram. Let's get started. Six lines from the bottom. says, Zayin, Asui. The Aram was made with a measurement of its Amos being with six Tzvachim per Amma. Man tana Who is the author in the Tanoim of this Shita? Reb Meir, he did not. Reb Meir, Omer, Kola Amos, Hayu Beinonis. All of them were, were medium-sized, and the Meforshim explained that this is speaking about uh, the measure of six Tzvachim per Amma. Reb Yehuda, Omer, Amos, Habinyan, Shisha, Kol Shel Kalim, Chamita. So that's uh, what he holds. That's uh, the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, of Rabbi Yehuda and Rameir. So it's all quoted here in this Mishnah that Rameir holds that everything is six and Rabbi Yehuda argues that it's six for the building and five for the Kalim. And now we're going to expound on that. al de Rameir, according to the first approach, du Amar, similar to Dehu Amar. It seems to have been a shortening of the word. Uh, du is not uh, really a word. We see du Siach means 
it means sometimes you speak out of both sides of your mouth. But I think here it means do could mean dehu. Uh, and if that's true, then orko, the length, shall aron tes vav tvachem was 15 tvachem. How did it work out? The Pasuk writes, Amosayim l'chetzi arko, 2.5 is the number of amos. Good. Now let's convert amos to tvachem. Amsa, the first ama is ashisa. The first ama, six tvachem. The second ama, ve'amsa ashisa. So six plus six is 12. So two amos is equal to 12 tvachem. What are we left with? And half, a half an ama in the Pasuk. Palgos amsa tlasa. Half of six is three. Six plus six. Uh, plus three is 15. So the Gemara says that the, the 2.5 Amos converts by math. If you multiply 2.5 times six, you'll get 15. And that's going to be the length of the, uh, of the Arun. The Arba Luchos Hayubo, there were four Luchos. The Luchos Rishonos, two of them. The Luchos Achronos, Luchos Shnios, were two of them as well. This is a big machlokas. So as you can see here, there's like so many little uh, letters and notes here. Uh, it seems to be the case. And as we read the Gemara, the math has to play out this way in the Yerushalmi, in the in Masech Shkalim, that the um, it was not a square like our tefillin or square. This was rectangular at, from an aerial view. In its length, it was six, but in its width, I'm thinking shoebox, right? In its length, it was six, and in its width, it was only three. So that's why everyone, all the bells are going off here. Because if you look at the, the Gemara in Baba Kama Yodal, you'll see there that it was six by six. And it seems to just be that there is a machlokas between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi about the actual width of what was going on here. Because all of the measurements in Baba Kama don't, don't align with this. It was a bigger Aron because of uh, six by six instead of six by three. Big difference. Uh, so uh, anyways, that's what the Gemara says that the, that the Aron uh, contained within it the four bricks, the four blocks of the Luchos. And the Gemara says on the very bottom line of Tezayin Bar Aleph that uh, that the aerial view, the uh, if you're looking down on it, the right to left was, uh, the length of it was six and the width of it was only three. Okay, so if you have, if you have um, a width of an Aron that is 15 Tvachim, and you have four bricks that are three wide, four times three is 12. What's left? You just line them up. You line them up the narrow way. So you have four bricks going the length of the Aron, and it's 15 minus 12. You should have three Tvachim left. So that's the last few words on Tazayim Naraf, Taka Datsun, Sham, Shlosha Tvachim. That's in fact the case. Turning to the top of Tazayim Amad Beis, says the Gemara. Good. Uh, we measured, when we measured 15, uh, when we measured 15, the measurement was an external measurement. So let's say, for example, you measure a box. So, oh, look at this. If you measure a box, so you could say the box is, is, uh, is 15, but you have to, in, you, that's external. You have to include the rims of the box too. So there was a thickness to the walls. So if you look right here, there's a thickness to the wall. So what was the thickness of the wall as it relates to the arms? It says the Gemara, top of Tezayin Mabez, Tein mehem chazi tefach l'chol kosel. All of the walls also had a half of a tefach. That's about two fingers wide. So according to approach number one, we're able to fit the Sefer Torah in here because here's what happened. You have 15 tefachim wide. That is the length of the Aron. And the, each wall was a half a tefach. We're down to 14. And then we added inside there four, three tefach luchos. So four times three is 12. 
14 minus 12 is 2. We can fit a Sefer Torah that is 2 Tvachim wide. That's this wide. It's about two handbreadths wide. It's approximately 8 inches wide. Very, they weren't on two scrolls like our Sefer Torah. They were wound around on one. Huh? If you think of our small Sefer, small, small Sefer. Yeah, the Torah. I wonder. I've never measured. Tikosos in Babakama actually highlights pi. Because he says when you look at, because it had to fit in the inside. So he was looking not so much at the circumference because it wasn't really relevant. He needed the diameter. So there he figures out. That, that it's in two, like it's in it was one roll. It had to be one roll the way things were, were playing out. It had to be one roll. Certainly in Baba Kama, it was more mukhrach to be that way than here. But nevertheless, that's what the Gemara says here. So all the math works out. Uh, top, uh, second line on Tezayin Udvei's Rachbo Shalarma. This was all talking about the length of the Aron. Right, so the length of the Aron is half a tefach of wall and 12 tefach of luchos, two tefach of uh, Sefer Torah, half a tefach of wall again, and that is the 15. And then the Gemara continues, what about the width? We've only spoken about the length. So the Rachbo Shalaron Tisha Tefachim, it's actually nine. Remember what we're talking about is six tefach to an Amma. The Pasuk writes, what's 1.5 times six? So Amsa Ashisa, the first Amma is going to be six Tefachim. Upalgus Amsa Slasa, and as we said, 1.5. So 1.5 times six is going to be nine. It says the Gemara, the, the, the Gra takes this out, uh, for the next line and a half um, or so. And then we go to the next little letter of the Gra, which says, So he says that if you if it's nine wide and you put in the six wide tefach, there's going to be three tefach left over. It says, Now we're talking about the length, the width of the of the arm, which was only nine tefachim wide. So we had nine minus the sixth width of the luchos leaves us with three. Take off a half a tefach for each of the walls. Then you have a little bit of flexibility to take the Sefer Torah in. It was a little cushion room, as it were, inside. Good. That All of that is going to be the shita of um, uh, was it Rav Yochanan in the name of Rav Meir. So here we see Rav Shimon ben Lakishamar, right? I disagree with you entirely. We're talking about an Amma that actually only has five Tvachim in every Amma. Who is the Shita who says that there are five Tvachim in every Amma? Rav Yehuda, like we just saw in the previous summit at the bottom of the page. Rav Yehuda Omer, Amas Habinyan Shisha, Shel Kalim Chamisha, Ve'ahu Aron Klihu. The base of Mikdash, the building was built with Amos that were built off of six Tvachim, but all the Kalim were using the measurement of five Tvachim, and the Kli of the Aron is a Kli. So then we, it should be used with measurements of five. So then now we need to redo all of the math under the assumption that the Aron's measurement was based on five Tvachim, and it totally changes things because there's going to be no room for the Sefer Torah anymore. And right now we are approximately a quarter of the way down on Tazayin of Abbez with the words Al Daite. Says the Gemara, Al Daite de Reb Yehuda, Du Amar Baama Shel Chamisha Tvachim, Chamisha Tvachim, who says that every Amma is five Tvachim, Haya Orko Asui Shneima Sartavachu Mechza. Then the whole width of the arm, whereas the previous sheet, because we were dealing with six units to the Amma of Tefach, here we're only dealing with five. So what's five times 2.5? The Pasuk writes, The Pasuk writes that it was 2.5 Amos. What's 2.5? times five. So let's do the math. Amsa chamisha ve'amsa chamisha. Each of the first two amos of the two and a half amos was five each. That's 10. What's left? Upalgus amsa. 
um, a tray poly, 2.5. Half of five is 2.5. So five plus five plus 2.5 is 12.5. So now we're not dealing with a, a length of the RNF 15. It's much smaller. It's 2.5 tefach smaller, and therefore it's only 12.5. The Dalad Luchos here too, the Grat takes that sound. The Dalad Luchos, Hayyubo Shnaim Shlemim, Shnaim Shvurim, the Chsiba Shibar to the Samtim Baron, all the Luchos were put in. This is a mistake. Rachman Shlosha Tvachim, it should be. And then the Gemara says, Tain Orchan Shal Luchos, Le Orchan Shal Aron, and Vinishtai Sham Chatsi Tefach. So here things are a little bit different. We said that the whole width of the Aron, according to this measurement, is 12.5. If you take all four of the Luchos at the measure of three wide, four uh, Luchos times three is 12. So what's left? A half of a Tefach is all that's left. Vinishtai Sham Chatsi Tefach, or about a little bit more than a third of the way down. So then says the Gemara, Whereas in the previous measurement, we said that the kosel was a half a tefach. Here we're saying a little differently. There's no, barely any space left over. So that's how we would measure it according to the length. The whole thing was 12 and a half wide. Each wall was one etzba wide. So you're talking about a centimeter, whatever the wall was much thinner. And uh, there was no room for a safer Torah. Uh, and then the Gemara continues with the width. And then says the Gemara as follows. Whereas by the previous sheet, because we were dealing with six tvachim per amma, the, the width of the aron was nine. Here it's smaller. Here it's sheva tvachim umechza. Why? What's the math? It's 1.5 times uh, five. Says the first amma of the 1.5 is five tefach. Upalgus amsa treupalik is 2.5. Half of five is 2.5. So if you have a 1.5 times five, it's going to be. 7.5. The Dalad Luchos, all of this is removed. Just uh, skip a couple of lines, says the Gemara, Tain Rachban the Orkon. And then the Gemara skips to the, na- the next line of Etzba Lakosel Mikan, Etzba Lakosel Mikan, a little bit more than halfway down. Chati Tefach Mikan, Chati Tefach Mikan, the Shilut. And there was a little bit of space left over in the width of it, uh, not in the length of it, but in the width in order to move things around. Now, the problem, of course, with this is that the Sefer Torah didn't fit in here. We're going to deal with that a little bit later in the Gemara. We'll have time before Maravimir Tachem to get to the end of the page. Uh, but that is a huge nafkamina. It's a historical question. Where was the Sefer Torah kept? Was it kept in the Aron or was it not? The biggest proof to this will be finding the box, finding the Aron and seeing. There was, well, we'll see in a minute that there was an extension to the side of it according to one sheet because it didn't fit in the box. So we'll get back to that momentarily. But yeah, that's very good. Halfway down, how did he make it? This is the Machlokas. He made one bigger box made of gold, and then he made a wood box that he put inside the gold, and then he made a smaller box of gold that he put inside the wood, so three layers. The wood was in the middle, and it was sandwiched by two uh, boxes of gold. And they also covered the one piece that wasn't covered, which was the top of the wood, the thickness of the wood at the top. It was in a gold box, and there was a box inside of it, but the top of the wood was not yet covered. And that was what the The upper ledge, the upper landing of the wood, it granted on the inside of the box and the outside of the box that had a frame of gold, but it wasn't covered in gold at the top of the wood. So they covered it with gold. No, absolutely not. That's not how Rabbi Salo made it. It was made differently. Omar, and he covered it. It was only one piece of wood and he, 
he did gold coating. He didn't do uh, another box. The pasuk writes, so let me buy it What does the pasuk mean? That even when the pieces of wood were to be fused together at the corners, inside that fusing at the corner, they had to make sure that it was covered, and that was the shita covered in gold. That was the shita of Reb Pinchas. That brings us to a fascinating discussion about what. Uh, how I guess the the luchos were written. Big machlokas in the um, in the Tanaim, it seems. Tanaim. Yep, in the Tanaim. Says Gemara, Reb Chanina ben Gamliel Omer Chamisha Aluach Zev Chamisha Aluach Zev. That's what we're used to seeing. You look in a shul and they have a depiction of the luchos. For some reason, a lot of them have the ark on the top. That's not correct. That's not that's not mashma anywhere. Not Bavli, not Yerushalmi, not Bavakam, and not Shkalim. They were they were either rectangles or squares. That that's a machlokas Bavli Yerushalmi, but round at the top was not the case. But what we're used to seeing is on the right side, and we've always given these pshatim. Everything on the right is Ben Adam Lachaber. Everything Ben Adam Lachum. Everything on the left is going to be Ben Adam Lachaber. Says Gemara. That makes sense here. Hadar Udechsi. That's what the pasuk means. Five on each side. However, says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down, Rabbanon Amri Asar Aluach Zeva Asar Luchos Zeva. The full Luchos were brought. Some say it wasn't the full Luchos. It was the same five repeated, but uh, maybe it's more misnavar to say the other way that all ten were written on one side and all ten on the other. Hadahu Dechsiv by Yugad Lachem as Brisah Asher Tiva Eschem Asos Aseres Hadvarim Asar Aluach Zeva Asar Aluach Zeva. Based on the pasuk, it implies that there were ten on each of the Luchos. Very good. Yet there's another Shita, another two more to come. Reb Shimon Ben Yochai Omer Esrim Aluach Zeva Esrim Aluach Zeva. Ten on each side. So if you had the luchos on the one on the side that's facing me, it was, what? Yeah, twenty. Did I say something else? I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, it's twenty. Uh, he says that there were twenty. Uh, twenty aluach zeh, twenty aluach zeh. Ten on the side that faces me, and ten on the side that faces you. So a total of twenty on each set of the luchos. And then the last shita is the most unique of all. Each one had the Ten Commandments on each side of the Luchos, all of them, which is a lot. Tatroga, Tatroga, Tetra. When I was in, um, I took a ridiculous class that I failed in college, and we had to focus on uh, tetrahedrons. And tetra, it was four-sided, so tetra, it was a Greek word. Tetra, this is the same thing, tetroga, on all four sides. So that's what the, the preface of the of the word uh, tetra means in this case. Hananya ben Achai, ben Achai, Rav Yoshua Omer, ben kol dibor v'dibor diktu keha v'osiyoseh shal Torah t'chsi memulaim batarshish k'yom araba. That in between each of the Aserah Sadibars were all of the details. What does that mean, all of the details? Is it like the Minchas Chinuch? Was it like Pesukim and Chumash? It's not so Pasha. The Halachos of Hereg are, are throughout the Torah and in a variety of Pesukim. Not clear from the Gemara what actually was written. Nevertheless, Mula Imba Tarshisha was filled up with all of these gems. Reb Shimon ben Lakish, Karhavamati Hadein Karyo, when he got to this Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, the Pasuk of Mula Imba Tarshisha, Omer Yafalam Deni Chananya ben Achi Reb Yeshua, he said, Good Pshat, Mahayam Hazeh. Just like in the in the water, Bengal Gadol, Gal Gadol, between every big wave, there were also Galim Ketanim, there were also small waves. Kach Bein Kol Dibur V'Dibur Dikdukeva Osio Sechal Torah. All of the details were within. So that's the Pshat. Only by the only by the Luchos Rishonos. This is the understanding of the Gemara, the Mephorshim here, that it had all of the details. Amar of Tanchuma. The question was asked in front of Reb Pinchas. I, I, I see shot like Reb Yehuda, not like Reb Meir. My time with Reb Yehuda. Why does Reb Yehuda hold what he holds? 
says the Gemara, Where does the Sefer Torah go? To the side of the Aron Abris. Now, according to Yehuda, it could not fit in the Aron. There was no space. Remember, his measurements were, were five tefach to the Amma. When his math was done and they put in all, all four of the Luchos, it took up 12 out of the 12.5 tefach available, and you hadn't even counted factored in the walls yet. So this pasuk works perfectly for Rabbi Yehuda because it was mitzad aron habris. It was a side container that was connected to, in some way, to the arm, but not inside. I'll die to Rabbi Yehuda. It was like a like a little a little pocket on the side. It was connected from the outside by a sefer Torah. My time at the Rameir, what's the reasoning for Rameir that the Torah was inside? Because the Pasuk writes, in the, in the Aron, you should give. That's how you do it. You should put the Torah in there. So he has a Pasuk as well. Everybody has a Pasuk. So I'll die to the Rameir, but according to Rameir, we have to re-explain the Pasukim because the Pasukim by Rameir don't seem to make sense. If you're saying that the uh, Pshat in the Pasuk is as Rameir says, Zu Omar in This is a big Shasmach look as to be said that the Pesukim and Chumash are written in chronological order, or is it only, of course, it's within one Parsha, otherwise it would be a total uh, garble. Within one Parsha, by, be it Pesukha or Stuma, everything within that Parsha is Muktamamuchar. Only between parshiyos do we have a machlokas in the Gemara between the uh, between the Amoraim and Tanaim. I believe it's Tanaim also, as to whether it is. Look right here, as to whether or not there's muktam umuuchar v'torah. So either way, for a mayor, it would be difficult because the pasuk what the pasukim should have said is Ella ve'el ha'aron titain es ha'idus. First, put in the aron asher teinelecha ve'achar kach when asata sakaporas al ha'aron milamalo. But the way that the mayor understood the pasukim, things were a little bit back. Anyway, the closing piece of the Gemara is, uh, I presume, Kabbalistic in nature. I, I'll help, I'll translate the words, but um, we're, we're talking uh, above our pay grade here. It was white fire. It was white fire in which was etched black fire, which is what parchment is supposed to look like. You have the black on the white, the contrast. A lot of Torah, a lot of Torah references to Aish and fire, and it was given in fire, it was cut from fire, and it was given in fire. Again, this is next level stuff. Uh, this is probably all Torah Satsod, and I don't know any of that, so I'll, I'll leave you with the question mark of what all of this fire has to do with anything. We'll stop right here. Mirza Chen will pick up tomorrow night with Daf Yud Zain, uh, starting at the bottom at Halacha Base. Have a great night, everybody. Uh,